Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new so, uh, you know, that's what you, uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in hell. Hello and welcome to Snacks and Jacks. I'm tomorrow with Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures, this is ouching every day here. Now 35, NASDAQ Futures down 162. This is on top of uh, yesterday's fiasco of a day. Um... Greg was short, I think. We, you were along, what, a thousand puts or something? A short spoo? No. Nope. Neutral. Neutral? What good is neutral? Just asking, you know. Yesterday, Dow was down 105. S&P was down 60. NASDAQ down 318. And more to words of uh, Danny Callahan, who I think you know, if you're perfectly hedged, how do you ever make any money? Don't lose sometimes. Well, that's the truth. You make uh, sometimes. And you well, if you're perfectly you hedged, how do you win? Well... Most people are just net long collecting dividends. Uh, people are net long. They're not really happy being net long the last few days. we got a lot yeah. of people in our uh, group of people that we've managed money for that kind of have a whole bunch of stuff on their own that they're all just, these are these are not stocks. These are some combination of synagogue, mosque, church, you name it. Uh, performance improvement opportunity. Yeah, and they're uh, uh, not so good the last few days. Do we have Professor Lou? Good morning, sir. How are you, bud? Gentlemen. Sirs, excuse me. Yeah, well, how, how are you? Uh, well, kind of depressed waking up to uh, the news of this maniac in uh, in Maine, which yeah, what's that all about? But you know, it's very very difficult to keep track of the maniacs. Um, <clears throat> so you know, and maybe maybe uh, this is under, more understandable than I think, but you have a guy who is a firearms instructor obviously familiar with firearms he's an army reservist he is committed to a psych facility in uh, I guess a month ago released after two weeks because he's hearing voices he threatens to shoot up the National Guard uh, facility apparently where he trains um, and no, nobody Nobody takes any steps to to intervene or or go to him and and say, "Hey, man, let let's maybe just take the firearms that you have uh, out of your out of your control for right now." Who who would that person be legally? Um. Well, that's first of all, how do you, first of all, how do you when you say committed? Who committed him? 
Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't Did know the guys details on realize that. I mean, about he, the but, pilot who who went a little nuts in the cockpit the other day. Yeah. Oh yeah, the guy that the guy that shut the engines off. Well, on tried the, to, uh, on the Alaska. Did Alaska he succeed? Did he, so, he succeed or did he? No, nah, uh, they wrestled with him, but he was on forty hours no sleep and doing mushrooms. <laughs> and they and then he told the the crew he was he was trying to wake up because he thought he was like dreaming or something. So that's why he wanted to crash the plane. And uh, after they stopped him, I think they were, you know, they put him in the back. And he said, you guys better, you should, probably should handcuff me because I don't know, I don't know what's going on. Uh, uh, there is, so, so between the rampant drug use of stuff that is much stronger and has effects that we don't even, we don't even know about, but that is creating a number of problems within Within young adult population, and I'm talking about marijuana. Uh, between that, between just the boatload of apparently undiagnosed mental illness that is that is, you know, in in the population, and then the situations where we have guys like like this shooter in in Maine, in Lewiston. Um, and, and chief, you asked you asked a pertinent question. Well, who's got the who's got the obligation at this stage? Nobody has um, a legal obligation, an obligation to to get this guy, but people have professional duties to to do this. And if you are somebody that came in contact with this guy, saying, you know, I, I'm I'm talking I'm talking to my lieutenant, and he's telling me things, and the lieutenant was killed in action in 2007. <clears throat> And and uh, I'm going to shoot. I feel like I should go shoot up the National Guard Armory. And and again, this is somebody who is a shooter. He's a he's a firearms instructor. Um, has plenty of access to weapons. You hear this? If you're this guy's commanding officer or one of his coworkers or one of you know I don't know whoever heard this, then then somebody responsible in the in that chain either in the mental health chain or the army reserve command chain needs to step up and say okay let let's see about getting rid of this let's see about getting this guy's guns taken away from him now because because this is a this is a potential threat um i don't know uh, and if they don't i mean there should be again there should be some accountability um the the guy that attacked that theater here in uh, in in Denver in the Denver area, uh, his his psychologist or psychiatrist had identified him as a a, a shooter threat, and and didn't you know didn't alert the didn't alert the police or anybody else, and and you know with the end result that you know the, these people get massacred in that theater, um, it. it I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a red flag law guy because I think there are some significant constitutional issues with doing something like this ex parte and and with no with no chance to appeal. But it seems to me that this is a this kind of a case is tailor made for something like that. And and I I've run into situations in in my own personal experience where I've said. Yeah, this is a red flag situation. This this guy this guy needs to be, you know, removed from any potential 
uh, capability to do mass carnage. Well, somehow, so, uh, I, I I look at this, well, first of all, I look at it actually the same way you do on a, on a level, on a, on a personal level, yet when I look at the uh, the two things, one is we, we run into this when you say somebody. First of all, you're the most responsible dude I know for God's sake, but I had the same discussion with one of my uh, friends from Notre Dame, brilliant guy, retired tax guy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, politics and, you know, we should do somebody, somebody, we and I, without being an ass or trying not to be one, I, I, I just kept asking, okay, define Ooh. somebody. Yeah, define, okay, so let me yeah, define yeah. somebody. Somebody is a mental health professional that heard this, a, a commanding officer that heard this, a workplace supervisor that heard this. I mean, I th- I don't think I don't think it's too much to ask of, of a of a mental or mental health professionals, and, and in some cases, chief, they're constrained by law as to what they can do. Well, that's what I mean. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's too much to ask of a mental health professional that who hears somebody like this with with known and ready access to firearms, who is obviously losing you know losing touch with reality. I don't think even if you think you fixed him. Even if you think, okay, he's having a psychotic break, we've got him on drugs, he seems stable. Under those circumstances, I don't, I don't. That, somehow, that we'll, uh, ought to be in the in the loop on this, saying, all right, let let's make sure he doesn't have access to firearms, at least at least for the time being. I wish we had a our buddy, Doctor Blade, a psychologist. The, the part where I'm, I'm I'm fuzzing here a little, fuzz, how's that for a term? Is getting somebody in the system. I mean, there's a there's a massive difference between. Suppose we got Joe or or Jane, and everybody's sitting out on the sidewalk, and you know, a couple of guys are standing there, and uh, a couple of very attractive young ladies walk by, or even don't have to be young, just attractive ladies. If you have any 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 blood in your system, you're going to look right. But if you see somebody who, for some reason, is staring at the girls that are five, or the boys that are five, and have more interest there than the lady who's 25 or 35 or 45 who's attractive. Or guy, if it's a girl, you sense there's a problem, okay. And, you, and even if you see them doing something a little untoward, you sense there's more of a problem. But I don't even know, especially in Chicago, which has become I don't know how you describe the place, how I would actually walk into a police station and say, "Geez, this guy Greg, he's looking a little strange to me, and he's looking at these young kids a little weird." Well, well, that's I, I don't even, I don't know how you even go about doing that. And, well, and, and, well, that's that's a little bit different than a professional hearing this guy, or somebody with supervisory authority over this guy, hearing him say, "I want to go shoot up the National Guard Armory." That I, if, I, I, if get, I, I get. If I said that, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm, I mean, let's let's just say let's just say that that I'm at work, and and I I start talking about shooting people indiscriminately. And that I'm hearing some voices, you know, from from long past friends or relatives. Um, you know, I I would expect I would expect somebody in my chain of supervision to say, "A, have you heard what Lou's been doing? Lou's been saying to to somebody else in authority. I think he's losing it." And we know he's got guns because he goes shooting on the weekends. With you know, he goes skeet shooting and stuff like that. 
you know, maybe maybe we ought to talk, you know, see about getting getting some kind of intervention going. Well, there seems to be no no informal. I'll use the term. I, there's there's. I guess I'm searching for the 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 line in the sand is getting a, is a pretty deep line now. Um, I don't know that if if you if you think some kid is kind of wacky when I was young. I mean, everybody was involved with the church. There was a parents group. There was there was people. There might have been, there were priests who you could actually you know talk to. Uh, I think there are some still now, or a minister or whatever. Somehow the, the dad might sit down with the priest and the kid and say, "What's really going on? Do you have a?" There there there, there was like a somewhat of an informal. There was a social safety net. Yeah, there was some kind of a so, uh, that's a perfect term for it. And now it's it's me observing. I mean, there, there was no middle ground, and even some of these these cases with uh, uh, you know molestation in colleges and stuff, there was like no middle ground to sit the guy down or the girl down or whatever without actually calling the FBI and they, and they don't want to hear it. I mean, I mean, the law enforcement doesn't want to hear any of this stuff. Well, well, this is what's apparently happened with this guy and and again he's just i'm not even sure they've announced him as a suspect he's a person of interest but what apparently happened with this with this guy is not something that is just sort of a casual reference you know this this is there are situations where people you know just out of the blue crack and go berserk and i'm not sure we can we can ever prevent those but this looks preventable and and I don't know. I don't like the idea of um, you know of, of intruding into into somebody's life unnecessarily without without some kind of due process. But but this what looked eminently preventable. And I I don't. I, it just it's frustrating for me. And that that's why I said when I wake up this morning and I read this and I read these accounts, and I think this is ridiculous. This was this was clearly preventable. It, it it's as preventable. To go back to Greg's airplane example, it's as preventable, maybe even more preventable, than that that German pilot who flew that airliner into the side of the mountain in uh, in France, yeah. because because he he was suicidal, and and had concealed his suicidal tendencies and the drugs he was taking from uh, from the airline that employed him, but his physician knew about it. And his Ke- physician knew what he was, what he did for Ke- a living. Kevin just uh, a message in about the Maine has one of these yellow flag laws. What are those things? Um, I think that's comparable to a red flag law, except it's not quite as uh, not quite as direct. But but if Maine has if Maine has something like that, then then somebody should have should have stepped in. This is the perfect case for it. Um, yeah, because that's what Kevin was saying that somebody. But you know, I just I don't know. Uh, it seems like I'm having these. These discussions, like every every twelve hours, it says Maine um, requires a medical practitioner to sign off on the request. Okay, they are able to temporarily seize firearms from an individual who's in custody or who's considered at risk of harming themselves or others. Okay, so so this I, guy. So I have to I have to go find a shrink or a doctor to sign the thing. But but that would be but the, yeah but that would be easy because he'd already been in a facility. So they knew he had these okay. problems. All right. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm you, curious you, who committed him the first time. They go well, on his well, own, or some, yeah. they go on his own, or they handcuff him and drag him over there. I guess is the question. I don't. I don't know. Uh, and and they they very rarely handcuff and drag people to those kinds of things anyway. Yeah. Well, um. But but yeah. So short answer is that that there 
has to be some kind of sense of responsibility on this and I don't I, I you know I just don't understand I don't understand why and again in the face of what looks to me to be an increasing mental health crisis in this country and and, uh, and I, I point to any number of crazy stuff that I see on uh, on X or uh, on TikTok or or other places that you know, with people posting just sort of melting down I, I think to myself we, we've got to be more aggressive about this you know the, the second amendment was was designed for you know a specific purpose but I'm not sure they considered it in there it was it was considered in the context of sort of mass psychosis anyway I, I this just oh it's the same this, conversation wait a second they haven't caught this guy yet no they oh, haven't no this is this is a I, I mean, Greg, this guy is not some. He's deranged, but he's not. He's a semi-Rambo. Uh, he's that's right. He's he's deranged, but he's not he's not completely uh, melted down. So I, I, I'm assuming he's doing his escape and evasion routine, and uh, and Lewiston, if I recall correctly, is not. You know, it's, it's out in the country. He he's got lots of countryside that he can that he can move into if if in fact he's on this. And the cops, the cops indicated early on that it, they thought he might have had an accomplice, and so who who knows, who knows what? Lewis is a uh, totally different, but very similar. Can you be both things? Conversation I had with one of my attorney buddies last night because in Chicago yesterday, uh, I had to run an errand, and of course I'm listening to the the news, and evidently this stuff is 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 rampant. And matter of fact, my my uh, what what's what stuff? Well. They've got get a little of this. Two idiots pull out, you know, in the hoodies and the whole routine, jump out of a car. Some guys walking a puppy, an arm an arm armed robbery. They steal the guy's puppy. Actually, he's walking it for some girl down the block. So the home girl's puppy. Yeah. They so they steal the puppy. Somehow or another, they call it in and they eventually uh, find the car. Okay. So they get the car. They find out that the car has been stolen. It's been uh, uh, used in like four robberies, and it's being driven by a 15-year-old who knows nothing, knows you know, won't won't say a word. And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> okay, uh, where's this one going? And the answer's like nowhere. I mean, so my, my buddy last night, I said, okay, what is a 15-year-old already back out on the street? And he says, well, not necessarily. This is the vision my the, my my buddy Judge Tuman, uh, the the late Judge Tuman used to run. He said, that, you know, Tuman's insistence, they actually had a place there where you could keep these kids rather than just let them go, and they actually have a school and everything, and they actually have some kids that come out of there okay, uh, some. But, and he says, well, he's never going to talk. I said, what, I said Bill, what do you mean he's not going to talk? He's 15 years old. If you put him in a place where every morning he doesn't get breakfast or lunch unless there's some kind of hard labor, he's going to talk. He's 15, for God's sake. You know, wh- why Why are we so soft on all I mean, what about his cell phone? I mean, he's never called okay, so, any. Well, he's never called any of his homies. You can't trace the numbers of the people he called and find who the other idiots in the car were. I mean, are, why why are we so ineffective on everything? He's a fifteen-year-old, for God's sake, and we so, can't win. So, this is a you, you, this is a different this is a different problem in in the context of at least gun violence. I, and the the, I, and the I, two people with him were more armed to the teeth. What I was about to say was that that I'm upset about this particular instance because again this looks like it was eminently preventable, 
and and I realized that this is what 2016 dead, 60 wounded. That's what. Yeah. Well, I, I'm saying two it's, weekends in Chicago. Two weekends in Chicago during the summer. Yeah, but it's but it's, it's so, sort of. So a, I realized that in a big context of this thing, it's, but it's it's a completely different problem. But actually, in the terms guys of doing the armed robbery, the guys doing the armed robberies are 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 the direct result. And, and the and the failure to confront that issue is the direct result of a political decision by the leadership of the city when they said we're not you know and, and the voters of the city who who voted in people who don't want to prosecute people based on their race and and that's what's going on there they also and you you and I've had that discussion it's, it's, that it, that, it's, that, it's that much whole thing with there. Rahm Emanuel when he he wanted to put a kicker he he wanted the state government to put a, a what was it a five year kicker on any jail sentence where the where the perp used a used a gun illegally or was in illegal possession of a firearm automatically, and and he got you know a, a number of the aldermen uh, coming back to him saying we'll never support that and we won't support you because it'll just mean more okay, young black right, men in jail. All right, where I'm, where I'm going with this is the same thing you're saying though. Well, I'm trying to trying to draw a parallel. There's no way the kid was in school the day before, or the day before that, or the day before that. Why isn't somebody find out where exactly is this 15-year-old? Did anybody go to his house? Where is he? It's the same thing. Because nobody wants, because you elected the people of Chicago, no, it's the same, elected no. a leadership that doesn't want to do that. Lou, you're, 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 you're correct in that, okay? But I also know that there's uh, the, the law enforcement people in this country at every level, and I'm not saying that I would be any better or anything like that. I'm just saying they're not even set up to do their job. If 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 if, the, if lose law firm tomorrow, if somehow or another somebody found their way into your payroll, and and and, and sent themselves a check and cashed it to the tune of fifty grand or something, and you called the FBI, they'd hang up on you. Nobody nobody wants to do anything. The other night I drove home and I see about 15 cars flying down by Dan Ryan, blacked out windows, 100 miles an hour, and now I get at the part where this, the city police don't uh, patrol expressways. The, the, Illinois, the Illinois police don't patrol them when they say they're going to patrol And all of a sudden this, this cop pulls in front of me in a turn, and there's this lady in there. She, she couldn't be 5'2". She can't even see over the wheel. Not, not that if it was a guy it would be any different. How in God's name in this city right now with the violence going on do you have one person in a squad, whether it's, whether it's King Kong or whether it's a 5'2 girl? What, whose stupidity? She's not going to pull anybody over, Lou. There's no, and I wouldn't want her to. I don't, I don't want to, uh, you know. I mean, I mean I, I, again, this is, what, this is what people vote for. No, this is, but I'm saying it's every level of law enforcement, maybe not well, in some states. I, I mean, I'm going to disagree with you because I'm, I mean, here in Denver, uh, we we had a very liberal and stupid mayor who who just got just you know got termed out term limits out thank God and and this kind of thing started to raise its head and uh, he got he's gone and the people that supported this kind of thing are are gradually being removed. Well, when you, when you define liberal, you guys define me as liberal. I don't agree with any of that stuff. I mean, no, I know. I mean, I mean, I know. I mean protecting protecting your population is not liberal. That's 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 that's, that's sanity and good government. That's not well, liberal. It's, it's government. It's government one hundred and one. Yeah, but but I, I'm Tom. 
we we had some of this discussion in 2020. Well, it hasn't when, changed. It's gotten worse. The whole, the whole George Floyd thing surfaced, and this defund the police stuff started. And and you and I and Kevin and I think any of of the rest of your guests all said, "This is crazy." The the neighborhoods that ostensibly are being, you know, supported by this defund the police movement are the ones that are going to be screaming Without for cops in, in, in six months. No, they're all, actually they're not. They're leaving. They're leaving. Well, they're leaving now because, yeah. because nobody's listening to them. So the I mean, latest... I, mean, I saw the, the stat, the stat, the statistic that I saw on uh, Twitter from a, a, a sociologist that I consider to be fairly reliable based on the other stuff that he said estimates that as many as 10,000 African-American men above the normal number were murdered over the since twenty since the defund the police thing started you know, to take see, effect. See, look, sometimes little you're you're way ahead of me. Once in a while, I'm way ahead of you. We're gonna break. I'm gonna show you how, how far ahead of you I am on this one. S P futures up down thirty five. Nasdaq futures up once down one sixty three. I'd like to say we're up one of these days, but not so much. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The Control Freak's Guide to Life, Money, and Probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Right here. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tim Greg Pappas on the board trying to play referee here as best he can. SP Futures down 36, NASDAQ Futures down 168. Another ugly start to a day here, for God's sake. Dow Futures down 105. We've got Meta. Came in and earnings were pretty good, but still it's down $11. They were hanging there for a while, but now they're trading 288.60. Uh, Microsoft has given up some of the gains it had yesterday. It's down 333. And Google, which we got hammered yesterday, is getting hammered again today. It's down another 2%. So no good news anywhere, certainly in the tech patch. Uh, over in Asia, we have the uh, Nikkei down 668. That's over 2%. Ouch there. Hang Seng only down 40. Seven, and back at, actually over 17,000, 17044. Shanghai up 14, uh, 2988, trying to get back to 3,000. Um, so mainland China is the only place that kind of isn't, is, hasn't been down. Again, yesterday, we review, ouch. Down on 105, but a lot worse was it for Microsoft being up 7 bucks, because that's like 56 points right there to the upside. Uh, S&P was down 61, NASDAQ down 318, that's 2.4%. That's a serious big move. Over in Europe, we've got DAX down 222, 1.5%, FTSE down 61.8%, so they're sort of hanging in there. Same way with the CAC around, down 56.8%. Bonds, all they did was talk about how the, the bonds had topped at 5%, blah, 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 and everything was a relief rally on Tuesday for a little bit. 
guess what? We're right back at 4.974, so we're heading forward 5% again. The Bund unchanged 289, so again, sort of moving towards 3%. Japan up to 3%, three basis points at 0.88. We've got oil down 154, 83.85, so way below the 90 something it was a couple weeks ago. Brent down 143, 88.70. Natural gas unchanged $3.01. Arbob down 2 cents, 2.26. Uh, we've got gold up 220, 19.97. Silver up 11 cents, 23.12. Maybe it'll hang over 23 this time. We will see. Copper up 2 cents, 3.60. We've got Bitcoin, which has been a huge winner. Not so much today, down 4.75, but still 34,184. U.S. dollar up again today with the euro, with the euro at 105.3 and a pound at 120.8, which is uh, as low on those guys we've seen in oil. Greg, what have you got for us? Traffic, weather, sports, and I've watched one pool game. I can't, I can't watch those guys. <laughs> Morning, everyone. Uh, 635 Central here. Chicago, we've got 63 degrees now. 66 today with showers and thunderstorms. Um, Phoenix, 67 right now. 85 today. Mostly sunny. A lot better weather in Phoenix. Traffic, inbound Kennedy Montrose to the interchange is 24 minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook is 53 minutes. Inbound Ike from Wolf is 33 minutes. Inbound Dan Ryan, uh, 95th to the interchange is 20 minutes. And the Stevenson from 294 to the Ryan is 31 minutes. Baseball, we have the World Series starting tomorrow. Diamondbacks at Rangers, game one in Arlington. And tonight, NFL on Prime, Tampa Bay at Buffalo. Uh, Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites. That's all I got, Chief. Back to you. Okay, I don't want to hear about Thursday Night Football because it's on Prime. <laughs> if I can't watch it, it didn't happen. If I didn't hear the tree fall, um, before, it didn't happen. Before before we lose track of our, our line of thought. Oh, uh, right, here's what I hear. I'm right here. Oh, no, oh, wait, wait a minute. I, I want to just note one thing. The main yellow flag law has a, psycho- a standby psychiatric counseling service. Really? Contracted to the state that's available 24-7. So a police officer with somebody who's been reported or somebody else can call in and get a, a telehealth evaluation of the individual that allows them then to go forward with a with a gun seizure. And and this case, it seems a this lot case, like it, this. They had all the steps in place, and it still didn't work. That's that's what that's what I mean. That's that's my frustration, and and it's 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 ridiculous that that this guy wasn't wasn't flagged for something like this. Lua follow-up question to both of you guys. I think you know more about this than me, but the Bodie is. Um, Chicago is starting to, good idea, bad idea, I don't make makes some sense to me. A lot of the police calls are, evidently, the repeat police calls are to domestic situations where somebody's basically nuts. Uh, I, don't know if I think a, that's true. I think that's, that's true in a number of places. Yeah, that's, but that's not a clinical term, but um, if that person they're saying we should really send somebody who's trained in psychology at least either with a policeman or maybe even on their own that might be a little dangerous but if you could cross-reference the person that's nuts again very unclinical term uh with you know three calls for domestic something something winging ashtrays at each other whatever if you could cross-reference that to the guy has a Foyd card and 16 guns it maybe would be nice to confiscate those for at least a little while. Is that what you guys are talking about? If no, the, because well, if because the psycho if the person who's a psychologist said, "Hey, this is crazy here. This is a volatile situation," or something. I, 
I would prefer it to be a little more specific than than two people getting into domestic. I'm talking about if it's a, if it's a tenth call and one person can't even talk and screaming and yelling and they're nuts. That's what that's basically you're, you're talking about voices and everything else. I, I would prefer. I would. I mean, I don't know what uh, you're off the top of my head. I would say fine. If there's a threat to kill, if there's a threat to do violence, if he has, if he, if he or she have have uh, brandished weapons before, then then take the weapons. But but I, a basic domestic disturbance call, no. Are we running into two questions? And I'm gonna I'm gonna show you how far ahead I was of you on this. That's I right. Think. Don't lose track of that. I won't. Um, when, when when society is set up, I and mean, when you talk about you know NCIS Gibbs talking about I catch the bad guys, and it seems low that at some level, if there's a thousand people living in a, a village, and one or two people either have big hardship, their parents die, or something something, or or maybe two people just don't quite get it and don't want to live by everybody else's rules, there's there's a level at which the rest of the group can deal with that. It's some kind you can help certain people out. You can incarcerate some, you can, you know, kick them in the behind, whatever you have to do. Uh, I'm not encouraging that, but uh, when the number gets real big, I don't know that right now we can deal with that. I mean, at the Chicago Public Schools, in some areas, I think the classes are mayhem. I don't I don't know. It's not one or two kids that are causing trouble. It's, no, that, it's half the kids are drugged. That's kids exactly are, right. But, Mike, when I was at Pullman, I, I noticed I hate with these Pullman references, we were in Hammond, right? Well, one of my offices was in Hammond. And at the time, this, is, this has to be the late 70s, Gary is, is basically up, up for grabs. You know, it, w- it was like Inglewood then. Uh, and, I, and I went through the population when I was going through how many people were getting murdered a year. And it was all males between the age of 18 and 35 or 40 or whatever. Uh, not so, they're not shooting women and people. They weren't missing like they do here hitting other people. And I went through the calculation of how many people lived in Gary and how many people actually were that age group. And if I added the years together, when you made it from 18 to 45, you had like a 25% chance of getting shot and killed or some, some incredible number. I mean, so it, it's sort of like it's not new. I mean, it, it just, but now Gary looks like some, something after World War II. It's like a burned out hulk. And nobody's ever moved back there. And are, are we looking for Chicago to be like that? Uh I don't. I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, I think of Chicago is headed in the direction of Detroit. Well, Gary, know, Gary was before about, any of them. And it's yeah, same thing. About fifteen years ago. So I. Oh, no, they I were think, forty years ago. I think the answer. I think the answer to that question is is yes, because you have. You have again. You're getting. You're getting what you asked for in Chicago. You're getting a mayor who has virtually as far as i can tell no sense of history i mean all, all i had to hear was that that the chicago mayor wanted to open up city grocery city sponsored grocery stores and i i just thought this is this is absolutely insane and and this guy this guy has no concept of history economics anything and and so this guy got elected. Well, you know, the, the, your, your, your voters, your voters community. voted for this guy. You had a perfectly rational, progressive guy with lots of experience who knew how to deal with the teachers' union and, and knew how to deal with other public unions, and you had that guy up there, and he why do you, lost. Why do you suppose, Lou, that at the same time, again, we're 
I, I can't let you go before we start talking about the Middle East, but what, why do you suppose that ha, is this becoming more and more of a, quote, problem? The, the people who are voting, they vote less and less. I mean, have they, were the, uh, you know, you, you, you were listening a while ago. We had Karen Reeves on, and I, I think you, you liked her, uh, the lady who was running for Bobby Rush's spot, one of the yep. nicest ladies I've ever met. Um, plus she adapted like a blind kid or something, for God's sake. I mean, talk about somebody who's the, part of the solution, not part of the problem. And all of a sudden, Jesse Jackson's kid gets a big chunk of change from Bankman Freed. Now, this is an amazingly hot, hotly contested area. Bobby Rush had been there 20 years. Uh, he, he supports her. There's 15 people running. At the end of the day, I don't think... You know what, Greg? Maybe you should catch, check this for me. It's the, is it the second district, first district? At the end of the day... After Bobby all, Rush is the first district. Okay, at the end of the day, I'm saying... License plate number one in yeah, Illinois. Yeah, I saw him. I went to one of the things. I go, who the hell's number one? It was Bobby Rush comes out of there. Uh, I'm going to say 30% maybe voted, Lou. I mean, what 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 is going on here? Well, you're getting... And, and the other 70% voted by not voting. But how do you... I mean, we're talking about when Lori Lightfoot became mayor. The I don't I, I don't know when this new way of voting for people, uh, where everybody just runs, right? If you know, you, you can run a hundred people, and the top two run off. Well, her first, her only term, she got eighty five, eighty five or ninety thousand votes in a city of two point seven million people to get her on the ballot, and then she, then it becomes a two person who likes who race, and uh, she she beats uh, Tony Preckwinkle. But how does somebody become a, a mayor in Chicago? With eight, with, she was ninety, I think. Tony was like eighty-seven, and and uh, Bill Daly was like eighty-five or something. I mean, well, for God's sake, Lou. <laughs> I mean, it's not like people couldn't have changed it though. They don't care. They they think these people are entitled. Or, but well, I, I would I would put it down in large part to a, a uh, sort of a feeling of resignation on a part of a substantial portion of the electorate that looks around and says, my vote is totally meaningless. Whoever gets in power is going to be a corrupt, stupid political hack who who is going to... I wouldn't to, put Bill Daly in that category. No, but but I, I'm just telling you what the perception is. You know, they're not... My vote My vote is, is pointless. Brandon and Johnson that, I think it's the feeling. 16,000 votes. And what, 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 how many do you get in the, in the primary? Should be in there the, somewhere. Like the totals, I think were like two hundred ninety thousand to two hundred seventy-five thousand. And, and, and I bet he got forty thousand votes in the teachers' union. Bill Bill Daly? No, uh, uh, this guy Johnson Johnson versus Vallis. Oh, Johnson versus Vallis. Oh, the the. I'm sure the teachers the teachers uh, group helped him stuff ballot boxes. Well, no, I'm not sure about that, but they were at a lot of the polling places. But the interesting part when the county elections now, Chicago, you, you would think, Lou. I mean, if we if we actually gave a crap, when I say we collectively. I think we listen to the show and when on the show do care. If we actually cared about this stuff and cared about voting, and I'm not talking about you know mail-ins and this that. The fact is, we would have voting on a Sunday or a Saturday and a Sunday and make it as easy, like they do in Europe, make it as easy as possible for people to vote. Yes, You're, but it would have to be done in person. Absolutely. Or yeah, yeah. Or, or legitimately. I, or, I or, or you're a member of the armed forces and you write in, like I used to have to, you write in three or four months in advance 
to the Postal Service and, and you, you make an application for an absentee ballot. You have to affirmatively do something. Yeah, I, I don't I really have a problem with somebody in the precinct making an application where the, the people in the precinct go through the same review as they would if you showed up. That's the way it used to be done here. If you, if you had a, uh, an old lady who was a judge forever, uh, and, if, and if you were an absentee ballot, say, in our precinct, your ballot would come to the polling place, and they would review your signature and everything just like if you were there. Now, that, of course, is long gone. But I guess my, my point is, if we really wanted everybody to vote, we, would, we don't. So the county here, they, what they would do is the, we have, like, Chicago elections, like, on a Tuesday in February or something, where we, we, we try and make it as miserable as possible. And, like, if it's a county election, they used to give the county people a day off to go vote. Okay, so there's... Sure. There's 30,000 people that work for the county. If you're starting with that, the people that work for you, if you're starting with 30,000 votes, i got to believe you got a ch- good chance, Lou. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think I would be in favor of something like that. By the way, uh, you sent but, that but article, you around, to, you sent that article you... around regarding uh, uh, all these kind of, kind, uh, combinations in the defense industry and how it's become way more monopolistic and cartel-like. And that's why when they go out for bid for this stuff, it's like going out for a bid on an expressway project in Chicago. Two people show up, and they might be owned by the same place, right? Yep. Uh, did you hear uh, Raytheon came out with their earnings two days ago, and the day after you sent this out, the chairman was on saying their backlog is $75 billion, and they can't, they're just ordering stuff right and left, and they can't fill it. It was uh, like, you, it's like, you, it was like you, you wrote the guy's speech. Well, it, it, but I've been, I've been saying this since you asked me that investment question in 2012, 2013. Yeah. So... I mean, I, 10 years ago, I, I, I said, I know absolutely nothing about investing and, and don't take my advice, but, but we are on the cusp of a monster rebuild of our defense capability that we're going to have to undertake. And, uh, it, you know, you're not going to go wrong if you're investing in, in you know, Fenix or uh, uh, Lake City Ammunition or, uh, you know, Raytheon or Lockheed Martin, because we're going we're gonna to have to build because our, our opponents are building. And and you know Ukraine and now Israel is just is just ramping that up. The whole, the whole, world, about, the whole world the whole world is broke. Did you? And, yeah. And every and every this, this reminds me so much before World War One. Yeah. What, so what this this thing in the Middle East? I I have a real weird. By the, feeling. By the way, did I don't did you see that Israel actually uh, went into Gaza last night? I thought they delayed it because of uh, humanitarian. They, they somebody didn't well. I mean, I, I was going to be smart and say somebody didn't get the memo, but they did get the memo. It was a limited incursion. They, but they took tanks and armored personnel carriers. They broke down the uh, border at Gaza and then bulldozed what appear to be pathways through the uh, through the rubble, so that they'll have easier access when they go in. And they also shot the place up, going after uh, uh, emplaced positions for RPGs and uh, and heavy weapons. So they went in last night and and stomped around a little bit and did some damage and, and then and then left. I uh I'm 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 absolutely torn on this, Lou. I, I they have absolute right to protect themselves from this sort of an incursion and the Samasas of a whole lot of bad people. But you, you you can't take the bait to a huge extent where you got tanks running up against regular people. You look like the Chinese in Tiananmen Square. You can't do that. Well, unfortunately they you know we we could say that from from here but 
their perception is that's exactly what they're going to do and that's exactly what they're going to have to do as i said the war crime in in uh, gaza has already been committed right and that is hamas integrating its military operations into the civilian infrastructure to such an extent that and, and it's by design that you can't attack hamas without killing uh civilians or non-combatants and and i don't that's a war crime and and the the impetus for that and and the deaths of every the deaths of every gazan that that's occurred so far is on hamas I, it's I, not on Israel. I, I, what i'm saying is lou you can't i'm, I'm just I'm just saying, as, as the a, optics, the optics are going to be terrible. And, and, and what you, you got to be careful with that. You got to be yeah, careful with that. What I just said is not going to resonate with, with a lot of people. But, but in terms of international law, that's you. We have been on the same page. In the Ukraine, you you talked about you and Mike, talked about we now have weapons, that uh, basically Grandma can jump up behind a building, fire this thing like an old style bazooka and take out a tank. Well, okay, as soon as you have a weapon. And people doing that, then then grandma becomes a combatant. I get it. I mean, I I think I, I try and get it. I don't get it like you guys do, you and Mike. But I try and get it. But I also know that world opinion swings both ways. And you know, if, if it's an atrocity for somebody to kill one of your kids, it's an atrocity for you to kill one of theirs. I, I'm just saying that's the way to. I'm not. I'm, well, and then and then throw throw just latent or patent in this case anti-Semitism on top of it, and you you've got. You've yeah. got the stew that causes sure. a bunch of people at Harvard and other places to jump up and scream, you know, annihilate Israel. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you can't. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not in that camp. No, I know you're not. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just saying this is. These are all factors, and and Israel, Israel's is, is considering it. I'm sure, but they are also at the position where much. I'll draw an analogy. There, Israel right now is where the Republicans. A certain segment of the Republican Party was after the Mitt Romney debacle in 2012, which is, look, we ran a rational, thoughtful guy, a moderate, and you called him a, a homophobic, misogynistic maniac who was going to going to take away all our rights and keep African Americans in chains. Joe Biden actually said that, so. Now, since we tried to do the rational thing and we tried to do it your way, now we're going to do it our way. And this is where Israel is right now. We look, you know, we played ball with you guys. We we let you fund UNRWA. We we protested your funding Iran and releasing the sanctions on Iran that resulted in their oil revenues going from less than five billion a year to like seventy billion a year. We we protested all that, but I, we didn't we didn't throw fits. We, we took measured responses. Every time Hamas shot rockets at us, we took measured responses. Here's the end result. So now we're going to do it our way. And that's going to mean a lot of dead... It's going to mean a lot of dead babies and a lot of dead women. All right, well, then you're, you're going to have a backlash. Huge. Israel Israel's at the point where they don't care. Well, I think they need Israel's to care. Gonna, Israel's going to say, you know what? You guys will forget about this in, in two weeks. Okay, but if, if it turns out that people start invading from other areas there which which I'm very concerned about if that happens then you got then Israel as powerful as they think they are has to like to look for help and and if and if and help from here is not all that if, if they go if they go way over the top help from here is going to be tough and coming is all I'm saying I, I I don't think you're going to see because you have we haven't seen it so far 
you're not going to see, you know, systematic carpet bombing of Gaza. That's not what they're doing. They're not doing it now. I don't think they'll do it when they decide to go I, in I, on the ground. I, 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 your lips to God's ear. No, no. I mean, there are a couple of reasons for that. Uh, but but first and foremost, it's not efficient. They will they will go in with, you know, their people. They will, where somebody shoots at them from a building, they'll take the building down. Where somebody shoots at them from, from a church, a mosque, they'll blow the mosque up. Where somebody has, has hidden munitions somewhere, <clears throat> they'll take that down. But they will not they have, systematically destroy. They have every very easily now they could just starve that whole area out they don't need to run there with a tank Lou. it's just a bad look well but 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 they're they're being they're being accused of, of horrible it's a horrible look if they starve people well whatever it is i'm just i'm just saying that this the whole world is a stage now we know that from, from i do but from their perspective from their perspective okay we are uh, from we my are perspective better off. from my perspective my stock should go up today guess what it's down well, you know, you know. I'm, I'm, Tom. My point is, your concern. My point is that your issue with optics, which normally I would say yes, they have to be concerned with the optics. I'm now saying their perspective is: look, we worried about optics for the last 25 years. the The end result is the worst day in our history since the Holocaust. We're not we're not going to worry about optics. No, optics is no longer going to be our priority. Our priority is going to be the elimination of this group. Well, the, the, and, the optics, the economic optics of the whole situation of, of Palestinians versus the the Palestinians are very difficult to deal with. I mean, even the rest of the Arabs don't want to deal with them. I mean, it's it's a it's a bad situation with Hamas and, and, and the, I don't know, who, who runs the West Bank. Hamas isn't over there, are they? Or are they? Palestinian, Palestinian Authority. Although Hamas has threatened, remember, Hamas uh, executed and imprisoned. And ran out of town. The Palestinian Authority people that were their political yeah. opponents, um, great, and and they're threatening to do the same thing on the West Bank. But the but the PA is the uh, is the governing authority on the on the West Bank uh, area. Great great article. Um, I'll try to remember to send it to you that I put up on Facebook by a political scientist who was saying we need to look at Hamas for what it is. It is a revolutionary movement. And like like every revolutionary movement, they are a zero sum game. They are perfectly willing to use whatever horrific violence they need to to provoke a, the the appropriate response. They are willing to kill and sacrifice the civilian population of Gaza for their revolutionary goals. They want the destruction of of Israel and every every Jew run out of the Middle East. They want the Palestinian Authority eliminated. Um, they are when you look at it from that perspective and this is a, it's a good article when you look at it from that perspective the assassination and massacres that they undertook on October 7th are just you know well, Lou, I guess my, it's, it's my, like it's like the Bolsheviks but you, you, in, in 1919 you and, in, in Russia you and Mike will be on after you I mean, by the way I love your point of view because I don't, I don't get to learn anything from anybody who just thinks the same way I am all I'm saying is not all I'm saying but you, you can look at all this stuff, go back to World War One. go back to the Civil War, go back wherever you want to go, virtually all wars, as Mike Royko says they got it, we want it, let's take it it's, it's, a, it's an economic inequality perceived or not I don't, yeah, I don't think this is economics as much uh, as it is the, 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 the 
Palestinian situation has been festering since 1948. We know that. Now, I'm not saying that the, the, the Israelis are all at fault for not some sort of a deal. I mean, Yasser Arafat screwed the whole thing up. But I also know that they, they, they killed a Rabin, and if Rabin had been there, there was a better chance the, of the, being the greatest. The greatest massacre of Palestinians was undertaken by Jordan. I, I, I get it. I, 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 my point is we have prices going up all around the world. We have all kinds. We have population growing in areas where why the hell is it growing, but it is. It is exactly the situation before World War I. The world is an economic powder keg. And, and, and to ignore that and to not, I'm not saying you can fix it, but we just, we just ignore it. It's like, okay, that, why should they ever cause a problem? But they will. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that anybody who can walk wants out of Venezuela. I mean, why would we be surprised? How the hell could you live there, for God's sake? You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying the solution, but you, you can't just dive onto yourself, not that you do this, dive onto your cell phone and play a video game and forget all about Because people who are being in, in areas where they can't eat and their families having trouble, you can't rage, you can't, you can't do normal stuff like we can do, Lou. There's a pressure there. I, I, I agree. And there's a pressure. There's been a pressure in Gaza and the Israelis have tried to deal with it and it, it How and, nobody else, and nobody else is. The Egyptians are dealing with no, it. They have a border it. there. The Arabs, the Arabs don't help. The rest of the Arabs, they, they don't uh, help at all. So, so the Israelis, the Israelis are saying we've been trying to deal with it. The pressure's been on us. Our reward for not just bulldozing the place down to down to dirt. Our reward for that is what twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dead. I, I'm absolutely on your side. So, on that. so, so again, their perspective is time's up. We're going to do it our way. All right. Well, the the our way better be. I don't care if they grab every guy who's a part of Hamas and string him up from a tree, Lou. But and 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 maybe that's what you ought to do. But you got to be careful. Is all I'm saying. You got to be careful. Well, th- this again. Remember, the guys that are behind this are. I mean, Hamas is a revolutionary. Yeah, they're group, not even there. Where are they? In, in Qatar, or someplace? Qatar, yeah, yeah. But the people pulling the strings are in Tehran, and and you. I don't know if it's going to be possible to deal with Hamas in Gaza effectively without dealing with, with I, people in I, uh, I'm not so sure. First of all, I, you know, we're going to have Farian again. He called and said he'd come back on. Uh, talk about, because nobody knows more about the Iranian group than he does, because his family got chased out by him. Uh, everybody knows Iran's a bad player. But let's, let's not jump to conclusions here, unless a guy like me, closer to the action... Sees where all the money's coming from. Well, I, I see a real lot of bad players here: North Korea, China, Russia. Look at China; they're broke, and all they're doing is is, is building, causing trouble everywhere. And they just went off for how many? Another trillion. I, I'm I sure. Mean, I'm sure there's some Chinese money flowing in there, but the political control of Hamas, just like Hezbollah, is Iran, because Iran has the same national goal that Hezbollah does: the elimination of Israel and the establishment well, now, when of you a say, caliphate. When you say Iran. That's another sinkhole. I mean, I'm sure Farhi, not putting words in his mouth, will say that 90% of the people want those people out of there. That that may well be the case. I'm just saying I would not be surprised. The Israelis have proven to be able to assassinate people on the streets of Tehran with regularity. And it would not surprise me to see some kind of a targeted hit in I, Tehran. I, 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 
No problem with that, as long as they hit one of the yeah, bad guys. That, I'm just that's saying, where I, that's hit, where I, there's enough around. It would see something like that. My, my By only, the way, the Iranian, the Iranian uh, religious police just beat another young woman to death, or almost to death, for not wearing her uh, hijab properly. It's unreal. So, uh, you know, right. I tell you what, Lou. Every economist you, in the you world, you need some rational. You need some rationality no, now. You're, after you're, my you're my mic on. Oh, you know what? I didn't even. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you're a New York Times guy, but next week, hopefully, some of this stuff will dissipate. I don't imagine that for a second. Uh, you're not a New York Times guy. Find this uh, college football uh, article about this uh, NIL stuff and all the different directions it's gone. I didn't realize. Uh, uh, we can go over for a second. Uh, I didn't realize how the the steps they're taking to make some of this tax deductible. Did you know about that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, why, we're set, why, why wouldn't they? I, I'm saying I, I know it would be the mechanism that they would want to, but stuff like having well, they can't do it for everything. Evidently, they, the people putting up this money, what they're doing to donors is your is your. There's one big group that you donate to that essentially is a was it a five hundred three something something that helps out hospitals. And if you're mm-hmm. and if you're the the you know the fat left guard, you go talk to three kids. On a Tuesday night in a hospital, and they're paying you six hundred dollars an hour to do it. Yeah, and there's some, now that's income to you, I'm sure, if you're, if you're the guard. But they're saying it's a tax deduction to them. I I don't think that. Why is why is the IRS always so slow to go after after rich people? I I, I, and, and I don't know, but they you know they just hired what eighty thousand new agents or something like that to turn them loose on this. Well, you saw this, the thing on Microsoft, uh, where they said they. I think they owe them $29 billion from the years they had all the stuff overseas. And the guy said, well, we'll take it through the courts and we'll prolong this for a decade. Why, why not? Why not? If that was you and me, we would be in tax court. We'd be in jail. I mean, why, why, why can't we be stricter with these people with money? I mean, we, our, law, our law enforcement system from top to bottom because, needs a real because straight they have, out. Because they have money. Yeah. Well, well, we could use $29 billion right now, don't you think? <laughs> I, I could. <laughs> yeah. Now, Louie, you got plenty. All right, bud, you take care of yourself. We'll talk at you next week. If not before, if anything heats up, we'll have to drag you back, you back on. Have a nice weekend. Your team, uh, you guys, you guys, uh, you didn't do so hot last week, did you? Which which one? The Duke? Navy, no, Navy got clobbered Air Force, didn't they? I'm, okay, you've known me since 2011. I yeah. went to the Air Force Academy. I know. We beat Navy. Yeah, but did, did Roger Staubach had his big thing last Saturday? Didn't they clobber Air Force last Saturday? No. We beat Navy last okay. Saturday. Okay, or you guys won. All right. These are fighting words now. All right, all right. <laughs> I, I know I was going to give you some story about it, but Roger Staubach still looks great, doesn't he? He's he's holding on. Uh, what a spectacular athlete. He played uh, baseball and basketball too, right? He started for both teams? I believe that's right. Yeah, that's uh, good stuff. Well, Sorry about getting the score wrong. I knew somebody whomped up on the other guy. I thought, I thought it was you guys, but uh, anyway. Well, keep your fingers crossed. We got CSU this week, uh, and but after that, we got Army on November fourth. I'll, I'll be at that game, and, oh, uh, and that, that's that? the big one. Where's that, Philly? Uh, no, it's here. Okay. So oh, that must be fun. Take care of yourself. Let's be cool. down thirty. You guys take care. As if he's down one forty, we'll have a real brief break. Come back, Mr. Mike Murphy. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Right here, right now, right here, right now. Something happening here. Thanks, I'm Tom Greg Pappas on the board. SP Futures down 31, NASDAQ Futures down 144. We come back just a little bit, but boy, not very much. Do we have uh, Mr. Murphy? Yes, you do, Tom. How Good are morning. You, What's going on, man? Uh, the uh, sports world, I've, I've never watched the Bulls again after last night. Uh, the the, the three-point shots right in a row, it looks like something you'd see in a playground, for God's sake. It's not even basketball, but that's that's just me. I can't watch them. They're horrible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't get them. I I don't pay particular attention to the NBA, you know, so. Some of the teams play exceptionally good basketball. When you watch Denver play, that kid's worth watching, that Jokovic. uh, He's he's a real player. Yeah. Uh, The guy in Milwaukee. Wrong sport, Chief. uh, What do you mean wrong sport? Well, not, you know, what's his Djokovic name? is in tennis. I know, what's his name? Uh, Jokic. Jokic, whatever. I added a syllable. What you think he didn't take the syllable off? That's it. Keep him honest, Greg. That's good. Somebody has to. I mean, somebody has to. That's his job. So, Mike, uh, you heard what, what Lou was saying. I I just, I mean, you and I, uh, you know, we were around during most of the Vietnam stuff. And it, it is, even back then, it's stunning how perception even drove the news even then. Uh I mean, I, I, nothing was the, the most poignant picture in the history of the world, in my mind, was who was, who was the chat the kid right in the head who was on Life magazine? Remember that picture? Callie, Lieutenant Callie. Was that, was that it? Was one, was one of our guys or was it a South Vietnamese guy? Somebody. Well, there was a massacre at My Lai yeah. that Callie got tried for, and I think that, that was one of, the, one of the results of the Vietnam War. Well, you remember the, the, the life picture where the guy had the gun and he shot the kid who was like seven years old, shot him right in the head, middle of the street? Oh, I don't remember that time. Um, but it was that and Walter Cronkite coming back and saying, we, we can't win this thing. I mean, it was, it's, it's stunning how you, you sort of have to, be, you have to be careful in what you do. And there's an awful lot of bad people in the world. I'm just, you know, I don't know if, as much about it as you and Lou. There's an awful lot of bad people in the world, North, North Korea, China, Iran, and... I think that somehow, some way, and everybody accuses the Democrats, the administration, you know, being being too nice to Iran, and maybe the Democrats accuse Trump of being too nice to North Korea, and and you look at these these sort of attempts, but by the same token, twenty years from now, Mike, we would love to turn one of these bad places into a good place, some way, somehow, and I don't know, somehow you have to do it by somehow talking, but you can't talk and help. It, it, it's not an easy thing to do, and we have an awful lot of critics, boy. 
and on both sides. Well, Tom, we were, you know, unfortunately, we were on our way to helping solve the problem through the Abraham Accords, and uh, you know, the Saudis have actually shot down a, I think it was a missile that was targeting Israel, and you know, that's that would be unheard of, or that would have been unheard of until now. So we were on our way, and Iran and its proxies have now prevented that. And 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 I heard you talking about the optics of the war. Just keep in mind that this is there is also an information war being waged here, that the Iranians are. And, and they're baiting Israel, and they're baiting us. Oh, without a doubt. What, well, you, were, you have been pretty strident the whole way regarding, uh, and I'm not going to debate the fact that if, if they're not involved more, they probably would like to be, uh, the Iran situation. Yet, uh, when Russell sent around that memo, I think, we, I think we sent it out to the listeners, of all the confiscated weapons from the actual Hamas invasion, a real lot of them were from North Korea. Um, does that somewhat change your your mind about the percentage uh, ownership of the mess of Iran versus North Korea versus China versus Russia? I think it's a little more widespread well, the, than just Iran. It, no, it's it's not just Iran. I mean, it's it's also China and North Korea. So Iran is funneling weapons from wherever. You know it. You know they they have talked about the access of evil now, so you have Russia involved, you got Iran, Iran involved, and uh, China. So, uh, you know, and then North Korea is funneling the, the uh, weapons through China. And Mike Tobin, he's, you know, he's on Fox News. He showed. Weapons from North Korea in Hamas stockpiles. Yeah, that's that's the one so, that Russell sent around, I think. Well, it it, it it I you know you just know it's happening, Tom. I know it's happening. I don't care what the administration says about there's no clear evidence. Well, there is clear evidence. Their policy of appeasement with Iran is not working. Well, what's what's the what's the alternative policy, Nukem? Well, I, I don't know about nuking them, but I think that we have to uh, hit them hard. You know, Gene and I have been talking about this, and I personally think we ought to strike military bases of the IRGC. We need to hit them where it hurts, just like what they're trying to do to us. And, you know, how many we've had... Uh, 33 people, I think it's 33 people, killed Americans. We have 10, at least 10 hostages still. And then we've had over 30 people uh, injured in, they're in Iraq. And so, you know, regardless of what the Biden administration says, unfortunately, we are at war now. And now we're trying to position our forces so that we can strike Iran at will. Unfortunately, we do not have that second aircraft carrier group in the Persian Gulf yet. But 
I how many how many do we how many do we even have? We've only got only we got ten aircraft carriers. How many of them can even sail today? Like four or five? Yeah, they keep up usually about six operational, I think. But th- that's the Navy. I don't. I, I have never particularly tracked the Navy. Well, how do you contrast this? I mean, every every situation is different, Mike. And I'm just I'm no, pick, I'm pick, I agree I'm pick, with you. I'm, pick, I'm picking your brain. I'm not criticizing at all. I mean, I, there were people from you know as as long as I, w- I was able to understand what was going on in the world, which God knows what age that was, who were absolutely convinced that one of these days they're going to have to drop 15 bombs on Russia and we better do it first, and yet everybody else went with the other, let's just maintain the Cold War, do some kind of an economic war, and one of these days we were we were huge winners and all those guys were wrong. Uh, well, there are also people in this country to think that the, Iraq, the Iran situation the leadership is so unstable that if we can somehow make it 10 or 15 years, they will follow their own weight. Now, it hasn't happened yet, so... But, I mean, there's all kinds of of points of view on how to deal with it, even if you think that they're bad people. Hell, the people in Iran think they're bad people. So it's not like it's, you know, we're the only people that think these guys are nuts that run the place. I mean, when Farrakhan was on next week, I'm sure he was was like the last plane out. His dad was a, a... uh, Air Force guy for the Shah. I mean, he thinks these people are, are absolutely nuts. I mean, have you have you ever run into an Iranian person wasn't educated, pleasant, and all get out and hated the government? I, everyone I've ever run into did. I mean, is that something that could fall by its own weight like the Russians, or do we have to engage them in some kind of war? I don't, I don't know the answer I, to that. I, I think don't. that it could fall by its own weight, Tom. But we we have to weaken the security services of Iran and you know that's the IRGC and then there's several other security services that are that are holding up the regime that's who the mullahs rely upon so something needs to be done to weaken them what is the uh, maybe you know this because I I, this boy I keep remembering the movie uh, was it something tango foxtrot and whatever one because what's her name is one of my favorite people but uh, how these 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 problems, these wars, whatever you want to call them, they totally drop off the front, second, third, fourth page. Remember when she had to keep getting a bigger, right? They bigger drop off the front page. That's the, the, there was a guy in Grenada with us that as soon as his time was cut from five minutes to two minutes, he said he knew that his coverage was going to go away. Yeah. Well, what the I haven't heard anything, and I'm, I'm talking years now. What is the status of Iraq, which is kind of a normal buffered all this stuff. Syria, I assume it's the same bleep hole it was three years ago at eight different countries in the middle of one country. Are, are those places any help? Are they more of a problem? I mean, is, is the whole area such a screw-up that I don't know, who, if, we, if we decided to we had a fight over there, who would even fight? Well, that's I mean, that is one of the issues. I mean, we're, we are still a stabilizing force in Iraq, although it's not very stable. And Syria, it's the same issue. It's kind of a mess. It's more than a mess. You know, Assad is just struggling to uh, stay in power. And he's a minority. He's an Ali white guy. And it's, that's what I think the Biden administration is worried about, is protecting Americans in all those different places. Well, so, which they should be. Right. Well, and I agree with that also. So... You know, and now we we're trying to get more of those interceptor 
weapons to Israel because they're going to run out. We're trying to get Patriot systems over to the Middle East to protect people. So, you know, we have a lot of work to do uh, to protect our own people and to help the Israelis out. Well, I don't, I know uh, I'm not a massive fan of the Biden and his group, but I'm not so sure they haven't handled this halfway decently, this and Ukraine. I don't, I don't know that they've screwed this up real bad. I don't know how much I'd have done differently. Well, the, the deterrence that they need to implement, they need to somehow deter Iran, you know, and they're doing a good, you know, they're, they're trying, but I don't know that they're trying hard enough. You know, we don't, uh, we just, it's just a matter of time before an American is killed, but we've already had 33 Americans killed. That's what people are kind of forgetting about. Yeah. You know, it's kind of been, it's overlooked in all of this nonsense that's going on the college campuses and, you know, the the ignorant uh, people there. It's just, I, you know, and I'm sorry if I'm strident, but I really disagree with a lot of the things that uh, people are doing now. Well, you just, you can't have um, two things. I mean, I know, I know before your uh, Army career, I used to walk the economics class with you, so you actually know something about the economics. So does it bother you as much as it does me that all the players in this are almost really economically destitute. I mean, Gaza, the West Bank, Iran, China almost getting there, North Korea for sure, Russia. That breeds a desperation that has me very, very nervous. Am I, am I, well, am I wrong and there? you're right. Gaza, I mean, that's a self-inflicted wound. The, the Israelis handed over to... Uh, to the Palestinians, at the, to to some Palestinian people, it was then Fatah, uh, you know, a, a decent functioning society on Gaza, and you know, and they have allowed it. They've allowed Hamas to take over. North Korea, they're the worst fed people in the world. So you know, as you just said, they are economically destitute. Is there, uh, is there Iran any? Iran is, you know, it's. That's a theocracy or an autocracy, whatever you want to call it. Is there any but, any way? I mean, I, I know nothing about the geography. I, I know you do. Gaza, is there anything there? Can you grow anything? Is there any industry? I mean, is there any way anybody can economically? Yes, uh, they were growing things before, but you know that was probably you know in the in the, like probably two thousand eight to two thousand ten time frame. And then the well, Hamas has kind of destroyed whatever agriculture industry they had. They have, I think, they have beautiful beaches because they're right on the Mediterranean, so you could have a tourist market there. Uh, you know, a tourist industry, excuse me. And you know the well, so, the is, Gazans, so is Lebanon. Look what happened to that place. Well, Lebanon is, uh, you know, that's been a fractured society for a long time. Because you, it's kind of the same issue in Lebanon as it is in um, Syria. You've had minority governments for quite a while, and you know you've had Christians versus uh, Druze, and uh, and then you've got the Shias involved there. And actually, Hezbollah is the, I believe, it's more or less the governing authority of Lebanon. Well, well whenever whenever you have this. 
I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised, Michael, the more I read about it, I don't have that much chance now because there's all this current stuff going on. The more I read about the, the Great Depression, I'm absolutely stunned that there wasn't some kind of... Maybe people were, were starving so much they couldn't uprise or something. I don't know. I'm really surprised there wasn't some sort of a alternative government movement here because it, it was happening everywhere else in the world. Uh, I mean, we, you know, when I say we, I'm absolutely convinced that the Versailles Treaty not the person, but created Adolf Hitler. I mean, that was so uneven. I mean, it was Germany was such a mess hole. I mean, I remember, uh, I don't know if you were a fan of Bonanza when you were a kid, but I remember Adam Cartwright saying one night, uh, most acts of heroism are really acts of desperation. And when you're desperate, all kinds of crazy stuff starts to happen. And I think we can't feed everybody. There's six or seven billion people in the world right now but we shouldn't be shocked when this stuff happens. I don't know. There's some middle ground there. You can't fix it, but you also shouldn't be shouldn't be shocked, shocked either. I mean, I, I mean, I don't see how the Middle East, without people being able to feed themselves, without people having a job and something else to do during the day that's worthwhile, I don't see how this doesn't just keep happening. I mean, I don't have a solution for it, but I mean, you just named five countries. Does anybody have a job? <laughs> you know. That's a good point, Tom. But you know, the the leadership of those different c- countries, you, you know. But it's hard, you know. It's hard for us to say we live in, you know, in the greatest country in the world, you know. But right now, whether we're on the decline or not, you know, we've, you know, and you keep pointing to the ep- economic aspects of America now, and you're right about that. There's we need to do things there so uh, it's just we are right now we're just struggling and you know we cannot afford to be although we still are the policemen for the world so we got to figure out a way to do that and at least the Abraham Accords were leading to some stability in the Middle East and now the Iranians have essentially put the kibosh on that because of the optics of uh, Israel, you know, essentially uh, taking revenge upon Hamas. But, you know, on October 7th, 1,400 Israelis were killed I, and 33 Americans. So it's, this what? is just, and please do not believe any casualty figures that are coming out of Gaza. Oh, you know, I don't that's know. total nonsense. All I'm saying is you, you cannot have, someday somewhere, you cannot have, a tank, a tank in front of ten women. You just, just don't do it. <laughs> you, you can't do that. I mean, I well, just... you know, unfortunately, nobody's going to tell the Israelis. You know, I, we, I guarantee you anybody in the Biden administration isn't going to tell the Israelis how to, to conduct this war. And even if they do, that they're going to do what they want to do. Well, if, let's put it this way: I, I can't help you if I'm not in office. Right. Well, that's true too. But this, and and I think Lou was starting to, was beginning to allude to it, but I, I don't want to put words in his mouth. This whole oppressor-oppressee dialogue that's going on on college campuses is totally flawed at this point. You know, there, it's, you know, not everyone is a victim, you know. In this world today, everybody thinks everybody's a victim. Everybody, well, there, there are people who think that, that the reason why a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the crime comes out of certain neighborhoods 
is because of, you know, God knows what. You know, not enough money for lunch, slavery, you name it. Now, why was the Ku Klux Klan so bad? They were white. They weren't, they weren't enslaved, yet they were brutal too. So there's, you know, people, people can, be, can be brutal and be crooks just because. You know, I mean, and, uh, they think that's the way. To, I'm, I'm all for the idea that if, if the entire town, we had a, a lady on, uh, and you probably, long when we first started the show, one of the guys, one of the guests, uh, dragged this lady and invited this lady in. She's from Minnesota. She had to be, I'm going to say, 88, somewhere in there. This is 10 years ago, so she was up there. She was a young, a young lady. Well, we all were young once, right? Uh, she was a young lady that was actually one of the first people into Germany when the Marshall Plan started. And talk about, I could barely understand her, so it wasn't the world's greatest interview, but uh, I'll tell you what, Mike, I'd love to sit in a car and ride with her to Seattle, and I'd be, I'd be pissed when I got there. I mean, uh, the, the, the knowledge this lady had. And I said, okay, everybody reads history, and they say, um, Marshall showed up, the war ended, the U.S. was so magnanimous, and we had the, you know, the airlift to Berlin, and we pissed the Russians off by being able to feed people when they never thought we could, and blah, blah, blah. And economically, we put the place back together, and, you know, the whole bit. And everybody just, it's like a chapter in a book, and you read the, the start and the finish, and you slam the book down and say, look what we did. She goes, every single town, every village you went into, there was crime. There's people fighting in the streets. There's people stealing bread from each other. She goes, it was a disaster for like a real long period of time. To, to be able to restore order, to get the police back working, to get the stuff. She goes, this was not just winging a bunch of cash at somebody and at the end of the month. Everything was okay. She goes, it was not that at all. Every, every single city, every single town was a fight to get back to order. The hospitals were down. The train stations were down. She goes, there was nothing there. I mean, this is well, you know, unfortunately, and and that's what's gonna. Uh, the same thing is happening now to Gaza. So, yeah. you know, there's, and I, you know, the Biden administration is asking the Israelis for what's their plan afterwards. Well, I don't know what their plan's going to be, but they've got to put somebody in power that they can get along with, and that's probably going to be, hopefully, someone from the Palestinian Authority, but. You know, a lot of those guys are crooks. Also, that's part of oh, the yeah. problem with the West Bank. Well, I mean, the obviously the, the the best you can do, and nobody can be perfect at all. God knows, I trade every day. You know, you never give all winners, Mike. <laughs> you're lucky if you if you get sixty percent, you're doing good. Despite what all the other guys say that they never have a loser, which is total BS. Uh, you you got to get in there, get rid of the people who caused the problem as best you can, and and somehow say to the rest of the people, look, we're going to help you out with the U.S.'s help and other people's help. Get yourself a real government, and let's kind of start over. I mean, isn't that what we're trying to do here, I would hope? Yes, I'm sure that's what we're trying to do here. And, and, and yes, if, if, all, if every single Hamas guy that was involved. But how do, how do you deal with the stuff where the leaders aren't even there? And then what, what do you do about that? Well, and that's what uh... – kind of got me yesterday the uh you know hamas and islamic jihad and hezbollah and iran all meeting together on tv in beirut nonetheless and uh and and we should be able to do something about that and i'm sure the israelis probably will eventually it'll take them a while but uh and we should not tolerate it either it but yet we're saying that there's no Iranian influence on these 
two movements on the Hezbollah and uh, Hamas. So, well, I would like to nuts. see on our end, and I don't know if we have the treasury. I mean, I, I think our, our higher echelons of, of money have been so infiltrated by bad people that I don't know if we can trust ourselves. But if, if we were there, if I was there, boy, as I'd let you and Lou and the rest of the guys handle all this other stuff, I would have my guys working night and day finding out how the hell, if Iran's not supposed to pump any money and doesn't have not part of the SWIFT program or anything, how the hell, neither is North Korea, how are they paying each other? How can we intercept that? Well, I'm that? convinced they're using some cryptocurrency, but... You've got to get that into the system now. And that's not as well regulated as it should be. So. But, but you've you got to get it. You can't... You, you, you can't you, in order for me to send Bitcoin... To, There's ways in the Islamic world to move money around, Tom. They have a whole Havala system that, you know, they, that's how they move money. If, if, if they actually put a private jet together and put $100 bills on it or $150 euros and, and flew them to North Korea and paid for the stuff, I, or, or they put gold on there, guess what, Mike, we're not going to find it. I'll bet it's not just that. I'll bet somebody here, somebody, somebody, Switzerland, somebody somewhere is let, is making this happen. And if and if and if I could find them, I'd come down on them like a ton of bricks. Well, I mean that's a decent idea. That that'd be well worth our time. Just remember, we got a dash here. Get Mr. Flanagan on there. You can hang on if you want. Uh, yeah, why don't you? Uh, what was it? Woodward or, or Deep Throat? Follow the money. Right, follow I mean, the money. I mean, okay. somehow or another, between Russia, China, North Korea, and Iran, it, it, it's got to be a fascinating story how they're all paying each other. Well, the Chinese, I'm sure, are probably behind the whole thing. Um, maybe, uh, but how, how how flush are they? Well, they've got a lot of they own a lot of debt in the United States, so who knows how flush they are? Yeah, well, I mean, so do you think? So they're they're paying the North Koreans. And, you're, and, you're, and this could happen, and, and, and Iran is sending a tanker of oil to China. That's possible if they could pull off a barter deal. Oh, that's like that. definitely possible. That's I'm sure it's more than possible. I'm sure that's happening right now. Okay, now if that happens, okay, can you imagine how hard it is to discipline that? Well, we could be intercepting ships, you know, but you know, it, once again, we you know that that's that could be interpreted by Iran as an act of war, but. Who cares at this point? You know, they're committing acts of war against us. So we are at war, whether the Biden administration is saying it or not. Well, we haven't had a declared war in 100 years. or How many years? World no, war one of the, the war on terrorism was a declared war. Well, that's a shifty one. <laughs> well, they used, uh, actually, they were still using the Iraq resolution. Yeah, unreal. All right, hang on if you want. Mr. Flanagan will come on. We can, we can both beat up on him. SP Futures down 24, and as if he's down 105. We're actually coming back a little bit here because uh, we've been brutal day yesterday. We'll, we'll, as soon as we get back from break, we'll go through that. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every 
every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices, along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Stocks, jocks, Garson, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howell. Greg Pappas on the, on the board here. We've got uh, GDP uh, just grew at, uh, so we got durable goods orders up 4.7 versus 2%. GDP grew to 4.9% annual pace in the third quarter. Of course, who knows what deflator these guys are using in here. So I'll find that out either today or tomorrow. We'll go through that uh, with, with Carl because the deflator, I think, is, is a little off, shall we say. But anyway, that's a... We'll see how that continues going forward because an awful lot of people are thinking October is seeing a little bit of a wall. But as of now, that wall is not. So SP is rolling down 16 now. As if he's down 81, we've come back with these two numbers Dow down 119. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 668, that's 2.1%, but above 30,000 still, 30,601. Hang Seng got back over 17,000 yesterday. Now we're down 40 today, but 17,044, so they're hanging above that. Shanghai was actually up a little bit, uh, 14 points, but still under 3,029.88. Over in the U.S., again, yesterday was a brutal day. Dow was down 105. That, that's uh, misleading because Microsoft was probably up 56 points of the Dow, so they were up like seven hours. S&P down 60 points. That's a lot. Uh, that's 1.5%. NASDAQ down 318. That's 2.4%. So we're going to bounce today. Uh, it's, it doesn't look good. Uh, DAX down 192, 1.3%. FTSE down 52.7. Uh, CAC around down 46.7. So out of the three of them over there, the DAX is taking the biggest beating. Uh, bonds now down one basis point with this uh, GDP number. 4.93. The bond down 2, 2.86. Japan up to 0.88. Oil uh, down 272. Now it's 3%, 82.67. That, that's weird that oil is going this, this direction, but it is. Uh, it was ninety-one dollars two, three weeks ago. Uh, Brent down two bucks, um, two forty-six, eighty-seven, sixty-seven. Natural gas up a penny, three hundred two. Arbob down four cents, two twenty-four. We also have a a letter from our friend Tom Shannon who's come out, and maybe I can get him on for a short one about the spreads between the the uh, Arbob and diesel and the crack spread of the oil. I've never been this crazy. The diesel spread is huge, and the, and the gas spread is like falling apart. Uh, we've got gold down 80 cents now. 1994 was up a little earlier. Silver up six cents, 2307. Copper up a penny, 360. Crypto down 375. It's been on a tear, 34,302. And we've got the U.S. dollar. Let me chart it over here. Uh, U.S. dollar is up a little bit. Um, what do you got for us, traffic, weather, sports? I'll leave my chart up here because I want to ask these guys about defense stocks. Go ahead, Greg. Good morning, everyone. 736, Chicago at 63 degrees. 66 today with showers and thunderstorms. 59, um, oh no, Phoenix is 67 right now. 85 today, mostly sunny. Traffic inbound Kennedy, Montrose to the interchange, 40 minutes. Inbound Edens from Lake Cook, 84 minutes now. Inbound Ike from Wolf is 36 minutes. Inbound Ryan, 95th to the interchange, 24 minutes. And Stevenson, I-94 to the Ryan is 36 minutes. We have the World Series starting tomorrow. Diamondbacks at Rangers, game one in Arlington. And then NFL tonight, Tampa at Buffalo. Buffalo, nine and a half point favorites. That's all I got, Chief. 
Back to you. Uh, you sports mavens, before we get into this other stuff, John, you with us? Morning, Tom. Mike, oh, how are you? Morning, John. Uh, you sports mavens, why why are the Rangers such big favorites? I thought those teams were pretty evenly matched, but that, that's me being ignorant again. Rangers are like, are, what, it's like 2-1 to one, you got to bet? Yeah, their eight. record is better, Tom. I mean, they, they, they essentially Houston and the Rangers were tied uh, during the season, but the Astros had the better home, not home record, but the, the better record in between the two teams. But now, uh, Rangers versus Diamondbacks, it's uh, they're heavily favored. I, I don't, I don't worry where to get that, but obviously the betters aren't wrong. But maybe they are. Just seems a little. Well, weird. we'll see. Diamondbacks are a tough team. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, uh, I got the feeling when they were beating up on the Cubs the last two weeks of the season that. Not only were the Cubs down a closer and somebody else, I'm sitting there looking at it. These guys are like pretty good. They're really fast. They, that center fielder is a one man gang. The guy with the long hair. Well, that and when they uh, were up in the final game, you know the 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 manager used his bullpen very well. You know he he got four innings out of that young guy, and then essentially the bullpen took over and kept him down. And in the bigger picture, that's a testament to management in that. I think in 2021 they lost 100 games. You know, that the was, Diamondbacks, yeah. That was well. All. The Rangers lost over 100 games yeah. also. So yeah. you know, they're it, Bruce Bocce is a is probably one of the better managers, and I think that Tori Lavallo is also a good manager. Yeah. And yeah. I personally think Dusty Baker got outmanaged in the Texas series because he kept that one pitcher in too long. But that's you know. I was surprised. What, what what went on in the last game or uh, the last game or the sixth game where the 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 Houston guy, I mean the the Texas guy took out his starter after forty some pitches and he wasn't he didn't even give up a run yet, did he? Right, and uh, the guy was uh, pretty upset about that too. I think. Yeah, I he was know. struggling a little bit, but uh, um, hey, we we got you guys all on, Greg. I'd love your input into this. I mean, we've been talking about, you know, trying to get, obviously, we're stocks and jacks. Uh, where can we make some scratch on this? I mean, uh, we had a group, I do some stuff for NFO. Uh, I do their their uh, protected stuff for the people in that, in that group. And uh, last year, last year, yeah, 2022, with the market way down in some areas, the people there that do the just the long-only stuff, they just basically pick, pick stocks like most managers do and don't try and protect it with options like I do. Uh, they had a big year because the minute uh, Russia invaded Ukraine, they got rid of a lot of their tech stocks and bought all the defense stocks. So everybody else was down and they were up. Okay, so I think this year they might have hung on to the defense stocks a little bit. So they're not doing as well this year because those stocks were all down and the tech stocks have gone flying back up the other way. I'm looking at a chart here of uh, NOC, which is Northrop Grumman, uh, and the you know there's big ones and there's little ones, and but these guys are obviously one of the biggies. What, are they, what are they, they don't do the uh, which one do they do, um, Mike? They don't do the F-35, do they? They do the. Uh, I have no idea, Tom. I, it, all I know is that Raytheon does the Patriot miss, you know, the Patriot missiles, and I'll bet you they do the interceptor stuff too. Although maybe that's an Israeli company, I have no idea. Doesn't Raytheon do? And well, Honeywell does a lot of the software and stuff too, right? I mean, all the, the electronics. Yes, Honeywell does do some software. You know what, Greg? Well, look up Northrop Grumman. They do one of the things. They do the B two bomber. Oh, the B two bomber. Okay, 
well, that'll work. So at the beginning of the year, these guys were, uh, I'll, I'll call it 550. And they went all the way down. Uh, they had a low, really, in early October of 420. Now they're back up to 485 after the uh, what's going on in the Middle East. So, you know, I are these things... Oh, it looks like you're right. The F-35 also. Yeah, F-30, I thought they F-35 did. F-35 Lightning II fighter. And, uh... M- MQ-4C Triton surveillance drone and... Yeah, I think I they're really they into the drones. And Honeywell's big on the... Does Honeywell do a lot of the electronics for the drones, Mike? I, I think... They might, Tom. I, uh, you know, I don't, I I really don't know the, uh, you know, the operations of friendlies. I, I always concentrated on the enemy. Okay, so. okay then. <laughs> uh, don't you have like a correspondent guy over in Russia, Russia you talk to in Russian or he can tell you who the oh, guys no, are? Oh, no, Tom, I don't. <laughs> now, now, Lou speaks fluent Russian. Well, that's good for Lou. I speak a little German, and I have used that throughout my entire military career. Uh, and civilian career. More than just Ein Bier? Yeah, more than just Ein Bier. Yeah. On vo is die Toilette. Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> so I, mean, I guess, it, it, are we are we thinking these things are longer-term investments? Or are, are these these things all that profitable that they do? What, what about the smaller company? I mean, I'm looking for a place to invest here, even though the market looks, the last week or so, looks pretty lousy. I mean, hope we don't just keep trending down. Uh, Obviously, a lot of my people lose money. I mean, we when I say we protect stuff, it means if, if market goes way down, we lose a lot less than everybody else. But I still don't well, like to lose I, it all. Well, I would keep protecting stuff because, you know, instability, the world is totally unstable right now. So, you know, it's not a good time. What, uh, and Jan, feel free to opine. What, what does the Defense Department do economic assessments of places? Because, I mean, that's where you... That's where I think you could, in my opinion, that's how you get ahead of some of the other problems. But Yes, they do. Defense Intelligence Agency does some of that, and the CIA does some of that also. Jan, what do you think of this whole conversation I, we've had? I, you know, I, you're always saying, Tom, and I completely agree, too, that everything's connected when, when we get around to talking about it on the sh- show, that everything is intertwined with so many other things. There's nothing that exists in isolation. One thing I've noticed that has been bothering me in my little part of the hood here in Chicago, there are more storefront vacancies in my immediate area than I remember ever seeing here. And I've lived here for going on 30 years now. And I always kind of gauge, you know, what's going on in the bigger world by what's going on on Lawrence Avenue, this thoroughfare that passed through my neighborhood. Um, and I noticed the other day, I've never seen so many empty storefronts. So there's been a, just a, a wholesale death of small businesses. And, of course, the pandemic had a lot to do with that, and the lockdowns probably more. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering, in a kind of macro sense, what does this do to stock purchase opportunities if you've got the hard cut out of small businesses? I mean, it, are the only growth stocks going to be in defense? Because there's nobody buying restaurant equipment or hiring people and you know installing you know computer networks on a local retail basis to just service people in storefront businesses anymore. It, it, are we looking at a sea change in investment opportunities? I don't. Uh, I need. I need to find somebody. We need to get. I don't know if we. Maybe we can get somebody from one of the smaller banks in the area, Greg, or something. But I don't even. I don't even know, and I should know. If if we wanted to open up a, a sandwich joint in one of these little in these little malls, 
I don't even know where we go for the loan. I mean, uh, and what we have to pay. I mean, do, I mean, do, do we have to. I mean, obviously, you'd have right to have now it'd be own. about the same as mortgages. Okay, but I mean, we're, what what bank is going to give a startup sandwich joint a loan? There's some smaller local and regional. You think they would? Yeah. Right. Well, there's a whole bunch of places that have opened and closed on West Loop that have all have gotten loans. More more recently, the rates are probably you know similar to that of a mortgage, which is surprising to me actually. Well, I think a lot of these these restaurants have these deals where they have the, the two and three different rounds of people, and some are the financers. They promise them money, and then yep. I, uh, yep, yep, yep. I, any one of those deals ever been legit? Yeah. yeah. Everybody I've known would get involved. There, in one it, what it what it comes out to is like the investors are paying the the guy who's operating for the first you know couple of years just in case it doesn't work, and they're willing to take the risk. Um, others, if you've got an owner operator, then you know they're not only. Uh, Putting up the cash themselves, they're also uh, in, on the investor side. Well, Jan, I think more other than uh, I don't know any any other subject, uh, maybe motherhood or something. Every politician is helping small businesses in the middle class. We've seen them both just de- degrade over the last twenty five years. They they couldn't have hurt them more if they tried, right? Well, Tom, there's there's two beautiful new well, one of them isn't so new anymore apartment complexes where they you know, in my neighborhood where they demolished you know commercial space that had been there since the 1920s and put up these glass structures mixed-use buildings with you know 40 to 50 apartments and storefront space you know for small businesses you know in, in the on the first floor and there's one building that's been completed now for eight years um the apartments have been rented, but there's never been a single business in any of the storefront spaces since the building was completed. Uh, and yeah, I, I bet they would money. love to rent that even at a, you know, at a d- discount just to get somebody in there and stimulate interest in renting the rest of the space. The, another building that's just been completed, same thing. Apartments appear to be filling up, and they're subsidized housing. You know, so there's people living there probably couldn't afford that in a kind of apartment in a regular market but with help they can afford it but again all of the storefront space is completely empty and there's no sign i can see uh and any of the stuff coming back the way it was it, will, it may be rejiggered in some way and maybe become residential space before we're through but but when you can't open a business or, or there's no way to get enough financing or you can't get the foot traffic to support it where do people go in the stock market to get a return? So that's kind of my well. That's the thing. I, mean, I guess you could just. I, I think how much can you buy on Amazon? Is everything just, everything's going to be delivered to your house? I mean, uh, the big stores seem to be. Uh, you know, everybody assumes they're cheaper than even try it. A little guy, it's it's a it's a real rough do, uh, Jan. I, I think the COVID has changed people's habits in such a way. I mean, uh, obviously Greg's involved in the restaurant business and knows a lot about it. I mean, some of the places I see out in Orland, I. I can't believe, you know, Fox's Pizza, nice bar, great pizza. They close at 9.30 on a Saturday, for God's sake. I mean, <laughs> you, I mean you've lost the entire after movie. Now, part of that's the movies, because now they have bars and food in the movies. But you've, you've lost this entire later night crowd uh, in some areas. I mean, uh, you have one, one, one fanny in a seat for dinner. If you can get a turnaround, two people in a seat in these suburban restaurants, you're doing good. Can't get a reservation at, at 6.30 and... When you walk out at eight thirty, you're the only person in the place. It's a, I, I don't know how these places are making any kind of money, especially when it costs like how many million dollars it costs to open up one of these, these big uh, restaurants that sit in like the footprint of a shopping center, 
Greg, when they're, you know, they're, they're gorgeous places with 15, 20 TVs in there. But what does that thing even cost? 10 mil? I mean, uh, I, don't even, I don't even want to know. It's, uh, I, I, I think we've, we've shaken a lot of stuff. And what Mike was, was talking about earlier is, you know, you see this stuff going on here when people look at what's happened in the COVID situation where people, I'll use the term, had nothing to do during the day. How much, how much fighting back and forth between citizens? Can you imagine if we were in a place like uh, the Gaza and and for for twenty years the unemployment rate among eighteen to 20, 35 year old males is twenty five percent? I can't imagine the carnage goes on during the day, and, and you know what what people do with their time. I mean, I'm not saying that means you got to go kill somebody. It absolutely does not. But I mean, something it, about idle hands. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't, to answer your question, John, I, I don't know that too many younger people now are that entrepreneurial. They don't look at that space and go, wow. You know, what I see in Armitage is you see a lot of these, some of these pop-up places. They become a second-hand store. There was a big a CVS left out on 130 kids here near where my brother lives, and now they got a huge Halloween store in there for, for eight weeks or something. And they'll probably be, maybe that'll be one of those pop-up Toys R Us stores. And uh, Well, it'll change yeah. to Christmas stuff yeah. after Halloween. Yeah. Right? Well, isn't that what Toys R Us, are they still around? Are they still doing that where they have all these, these two-month stores? I think stores Toys R Us went bankrupt, but I'm not they're, sure. They're out of, they're toast? But there are other places like the big box places and party stores and, you know, dollar stores. And, you know, they're, they're not big revenue producers maybe locally you know nationally you know i'm sure they make it a nice profit but it, it's related to i think tom to what you call attention to other times about the, the drop in tax revenue and how these numbers just really don't add up at all i mean is, is some of this loss of revenue because there are no businesses and does that kind of mask just how crucial these things you know really have been in the Pass and there's no substitute for them now, and no way it seems to bring them back. But but the the government has taken a hit too. Well, sure there. How, how is this? How is this sustainable? How is this a desired, you know, kind of business model? Well, we've talked on, on several occasions, and I'll, and I'll run this one by Mike. Like you know, I talk about my my poor nephew who gets talked about more than he wants to be, but uh, he's he's in the, the metals business. He started out working for his uh, cousin, who had a metals business. You know, they were not they're pretty slow, but my nephew got into the the electronic control system, so he's really good at that, which is which is the growth industry in there. And it's not just a machine that can do it, but the guy's got to tell a machine how to do it, right? Well, that's what he's good at. Um, so he's, he's managed to move himself up. He had a couple of jobs. He's working for his place, and they got all of a sudden they got all kinds of business. And uh, now the question is, even even for these defense contractors, I mean, all of a sudden we need you know a gazillion bullets this year. Uh, does that mean? that Mike would want his son uh, and me and you and everybody else buying into one of these places maybe somebody's retiring is this is this a a six month program or a year program because now they need it or is it 20 years from now is is, you know is Mike's grandkid running the place and making a living at it and having 50 people working there is it something you can sink your teeth in for a generation or two that's a big question, boy. That's a big question. And somebody who gives that place a 10-year loan, all of a sudden peace breaks out in the Middle East. The guy calls up and says, we don't need no more stinking bullets. See ya. I mean, are these even the, the metal worker places like my nephew works in, if you see a building next to you, 
do you buy it and say this is a 20-year thing? We actually bring in some back from overseas and so forth? Or do we say this is a two-year phenomenon, make some money, sell it, and get the hell out of here? Opinions. I, I don't know the answer to that. Do you? Well, I just I think you've made a really good case for why war is, is such good business that you'll never see it when it isn't a growth business, especially when there's no interest in having any competition for it. And you can always make money on war. You know? Well, I mean, if you've and got the... no shortage of things to fight about or gripes, you know, to indulge for. And I, I find that a much more attractive financial, um, you know, mecca for people now than, you know, peacetime operations like stores or, you know, businesses or restaurants. Well, Mike, if, you... If, if this is where we put our priorities, we shouldn't be surprised at the kind of mess we're breeding here. Well, Mike, you alluded to, uh, going back to Rumsfeld, my favorite collateral damage guy. Well, he just was standing on the wrong street. Screw him. I know he's a big Rumsfeld fan, but you... You mentioned that he was put in this just-in-time inventory. The more I, I think about your comment, I can't think of a place where just-in-time inventory is less appropriate than, than defense. <laughs> no, and Tom, I agree with you. I mean, we had soldiers uh, armoring vehicles in Iraq because they couldn't ship you know, armored vehicles to Iraq. So they were putting sandbags in the bottoms of vehicles and and it took them a while to react to that and then finally they fixed the armored vehicles. And we're going to have the same issue now with these interceptor missiles that the Israelis are using and the Patriot systems. I'm, I, I will bet you that we do not have enough of them and I guarantee you we don't have enough of the Inventory. I mean, Lou was talking about seventy-five billion in, you know, backlog. Well, it, that Raytheon's never going to be able to handle that in a timely manner, and that's where you have to have weapon stocks. You, you know, it just you can't help that. And this just-in-time crap is—that's what it is—is is crap. Well, I just as one thing about my Pullman years. Not only get to talk about it, but the four years I was there, I learned so much about you know big time projects and, and a, a railroad car is a big project but it's not an F-35 I mean come on it's not a B-1 bomber railroad car probably has 10,000 parts what do you think a, a B, B-2 has 100,000 I mean it's I mean we're not even on the same planet but it's all the same principles I mean, you, you can't call somebody that's making you two subway cars a month and saying this year I need six uh, I, you can say uh, how long is it going to take you to work up to six? And, you know, what do you need? It's probably more property, more people, more training, more... I'm going to say maybe you can get the four in six months, but you got first thing you do is you say, i got to talk to my suppliers. Hey, Joe, you're giving me 50 seats a day. When can you send me 200 seats a day? And the guy goes, say what? S- say what? <laughs> as, they, as they say on the south side. I mean, it, this is all amazingly complex. I can't even think anybody... Who would even think that you could call somebody and say, I need 100,000 rifles this year and next year make it 300,000 or next week if you want just in time. I mean, I, I can't even imagine that, Mike. But then again, I don't know how big the stockpiles need to be either and, and how long something stays there without going bad. I mean, it, it's a very complex. I mean, how many? No, Tom, I agree with you. I mean, and uh, well, it it's just... You know, in order to wage war, you need to be prepared at all times, and the just-in-time concept does not work with that. Well, and I also think that, I mean, again, I'm no, I'm no naval guy, and neither are you or John, but I personally 
was more comfortable with 16 aircraft carriers uh, of less capability than the 10 we have now. I mean, and now Greg's on the other side of this. He'll say one of these can take care of three of the old ones. But if somehow or another somebody finds a way to knock two of these out, I and think... And they have more submarines. And they, and have, they more, have the islands that they fortified now. Uh, those are like uh, those are like triple carriers. I, I'm, I'm just saying. But I mean, my point is... we. Are you talking about the Chinese, Greg, the, with the islands that they fortified? No, I'm saying there's, what, three... Three lines in the, the the first, and then Guam, and you've got bases up in Japan, in south, and then behind, and Guam, and then even more in Pearl Harbor. I mean, all these places are are air. Bases. No, you're right about yeah, the U.S. Navy has some lines, but the Chinese keep expanding their lines too. They're they're trying to take over the South China Sea and the East China Sea. That way yeah. they can control, you know, naval traffic around Taiwan. That's that's their ultimate goal in in that part of the world. They're pretty clever to go out and make an island and say, I need 100 pound miles around the island. Well, we, the island wasn't even there a week ago, but yeah, well, now we got one. What well, a, that's <laughs> the Chinese think long-term, Tom. It's not the way we think, unfortunately. Well, we, we you know, we have all these old subway cars, and we, every once in a while we could pile them up in one spot in the Atlantic and say that's now an island, and by the way, we need 100 miles around it. Put them on pontoons, Tom. Yeah, put them, put them on pontoons. You know those things. You know, you know what they're great for? Uh, the old subway cars that you sink in the uh, off the off the continental shelf. The fish love them. It does, it's like yeah. the best thing in the world for for uh, fish habitats. Oh, lots of hiding places. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. So, um, how many how many enemies do you think we actually have, and how do we get one of them in the next ten years? How do we get somebody normal? How do we get North Korea? Bit? With South Korea, we don't have to worry about them. Or some, can we? Is there any chance we get one of these guys somewhere? I thought we were getting there with Russia. Now that's going backwards. No, we need to keep uh, doing the Abraham Accords. We need to break Putin, and uh, and maybe we need to install the fear of God in the Iranians uh, and the Chinese. You know, we need to have that strategic competition with them. But we also need to think long term. We do not, uh, unfortunately, you know, capitalism doesn't lend itself to long term thinking. So we just need to keep pushing long term thinking, and we need to get more industry back in the United States. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. What? Uh, how do how do you how do you put the fear in the, fear of God into the guys that talk directly to God, the mules? Oh. Those guys aren't playing with a full deck, I don't think, but that's beside the point. Boy, they, uh, I tell you what, I'm sure when Fari comes in, he's going to talk about how much people over there hate these people. I mean, it's, uh, I'm, 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 I guess I'm not so stunned, but uh, the econ- economists at the University of Chicago when I was there were absolutely convinced that, that these, that these uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, dictat- dictatorial type of things, even though there's not one dictator, there's a bunch of them, that somehow or another they, they just wouldn't last in the modern world, and somehow they have. Well, somehow we need to foment a revolution in Iran using women's rights as the issue and work it from there. And But we need to still keep pursuing the Abraham Accords. Yeah. As we, you know, because that's the way we can... You know, there's a lot of wealth in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, uh, United Arab Emirates, and all that, and they were willing to spend some of that wealth to help out poorer people in that region. But it's 
just not happening now. How uh, we know he's ever going to history books will be written a hundred years from now, but how big of a mistake, looking back on it, was us wrecking uh, the the disaster that was Iraq? We'll never know the full price of it, Tom. It's going to take a couple generations for all that to work out. The lying about it and the the loss of confidence in our ability to kind of make smart decisions about where we throw our lives and our money, I think the damage is incalculable. I, I, I'm as big of a, whatever he was, Sam Hussein was, he was the perfect enemy for these mules. Wasn't he? Well, he he did help the balance of power in between Iraq and Iran. That's very true. What's it like to live in Iraq these days? We got, we're running over time here, but is, is that place, are they just three countries that don't like each other in there? Or, uh, they got the Kurds, they got the Sunnis, and they got the Shia, right? Do they even get along? Does well, there's, it, there's an uneasy federation, but I have no idea. It's been a long time since I've been in that part of the world. Well, they've, they've dropped off the news, haven't they? Yeah, well, they're in the news now. There's a lot of military bases there that are being hit. So, you know, we ha- we are vulnerable there, that's for sure. God. Mike, thank you. John, thank you as usual. Greg, good job. Would everybody come in and out? SP Futures now only down 12. NASDAQ Futures down 78. Again, GDP numbers were huge, and uh, leading indicators were huge. So it's pretty good economic news this morning. Maybe well, Tom, with- the GDP numbers was two hundred fourteen thousand government jobs, so that's an inflated figure too. So yeah, you know, well, we'll see how that goes. How do I get one of those jobs? Uh, do I get a pension? Huh? Do I get a pension? I'll take one of those jobs. Yeah, we get a couple <laughs> pensions. Get a couple pensions. <laughs> Why stop at one? <laughs> Back tomorrow, <laughs> stocks and jacks. That's all, folks.